Welcome to Island Baptist Church. Today's sermon is Jonah, chapter 4, same page living. Come on, get your Bibles out, ready to go. Book of Jonah, final installment this morning. Apologize, like I said, we're in a series of working our way through the Old Testament. We're calling the highlight reel, which means we're only hitting the highlights of the books of the Old Testament. And um, we haven't quite done that in Jonah. We've kind of gone over every last bit of Jonah. So I apologize. Just don't want to set a precedent here that you're expecting something from here on because I am going to continue to do the highlights. I just, when I got to Jonah, I was just like, mm, I don't want to preach from that. I like Jonah, and I think it was never been able to preach from it, so it took off. So, so nonetheless, uh, here we are. We're in Jonah chapter 4. So Jonah chapter 1 is Jonah being called and re- rejecting that call, being thrown into a, the... Uh, a storm, then thrown into the sea, then swallowed by a fish. Jonah chapter 2 is his repentance. Jonah chapter 3 is him getting regurgitated on the land and preaching to the Ninevites, who of course repent, which is what he didn't want to see happen, but nonetheless that's what happened. And then Jonah chapter 4 is just him being pouting and mad about it. That's where we are. So let's take a look. Jonah 4, we're going to read the entire chapter. It says, but it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. Why? Because God forgave people, that's why. He didn't want that. So how can a person be like that? Well, they just can. Trust me. People can be about like anything you can imagine or even can imagine. And even good people like Jonah, who've got a great track record up to this point, can really go south on you, including yourself, uh, given the right circumstances. Anyway, he says, and he prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, what, God's forgiving them, I wanted to stop it. I fled to Tarshish, for I knew, that notice what he's saying, you're the reason why I fled to Tarshish. Now, notice that he's in a, in a sort of a sideways blaming God for all the stuff he's been through kind of mode here. For I knew that thou art, uh, notice what he's blaming him for, that you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, and one who's relents. You've got this little problem, God, you see. I knew you had it. And so you relent from calamity, and I just didn't want to see that happen with regards to the Ninevites. Wow. Therefore now, O Lord, here's the, the epitome of all that he's going through here. Please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. So, you know, so let's get him his pacifier and his diapers to wear. Because he is being a big baby, isn't he? Wow. How can you be like that? Well, people can be like that. And Jonah went out from the city and sat east of it. And there he might made a shelter for himself and sat under it in the shade until he could see what would happen to the city. He's going to wait out to 40 days. Maybe God will kill him. Of course, that's not what happens, but he's going to see. Hopefully, maybe he missed it, and, and maybe, maybe God's going to get him anyway. Verse 6, so the Lord appointed a plant. Notice appointed it. It's not the first appointment that Jonah's had in this process, is it? Because first he appoints a wind, then he appoints a fish. Now he's appointed a plant. And you watch this. It's important. It's the exact same phrase in Hebrew over and over again. It's not going to be the last one. And it grew up over Jonah. And made a shade over his head, and he delivered him from his discomfort. And Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. What a moody guy. And God appointed a worm. When dawn came the next day, and it attacked the plant, and it withered. By the way, there are plants in the Middle East that can grow that fast. They really do. Given kind of make hay when the sun is shining. When they get rain, 
They come on with a plant really fast. Came about when the sun came up that God appointed a scorching wind. Was, there's the third appointment in one chapter. And the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die, saying, Death is better to me than life. And God said to Jonah, Do you have a good reason to be angry about the plan? It's the second time he asked that question, and Jonah still doesn't have much of an answer. I have a good reason to be angry even to death. Like I said, You have children? <laughs> this is a child. He's acting like a big old baby, isn't he? The Lord said, you had compassion. He's running. So let me get this straight, effectively, he says. You had compassion on the plant for which you did not work and which you did not cause to grow, which came up overnight, perished overnight. And I should not, should I not have compassion on Nineveh, he says, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right hand and their left, as well as many animals? He says, you're really short-sighted here, Jonah. So, to be certain, you have a man, Jonah, and you have God. They are not on the same page, are they? Not at all. There, there was a man, he was walking through his neighborhood, and he noticed one of his neighbors trying to move a refrigerator through the front door of his house. And he goes up to him and says, hey, can I help you? He's working on it by himself. He says, absolutely, man. You go inside, I'll stay outside. And so... Man, they're pushing and pulling, working on this thing. They work up a huge sweat. I mean, sweat running down their eyes. They're not getting anywhere. And so the, the neighbor that came walking up said, listen, let's let, just say and say and say. And he says, let's, let's take, a, take a breather here. And like I said, wiping the sweat from their eyes, trying to catch their breath. And the neighbor that walked up and said, man, I've never seen anything like this. He said, I don't know why it's so hard. But he says, I don't think we're going to be able to get this refrigerator into your house. He says, what did you say? He says, I don't think we're going to be able to get this refrigerator into your house. The man said, in? I'm trying to get it out, he said. <laughs> Not on the same page, right? Helps to, be, helps to be on the same page. Well, Jonah and God are not on the same page. And forgive me for just going straight to the punchline here this morning, but is that what's going on in your life? Is that the deal? I don't know. I'm just asking you. Ask yourself. Is that what's going on? Is that the problem that you and God are not on the same page? Is that why the trouble's there? Is that why the pain's there? Not always. Maybe you are on the same page and, it, and maybe none of that's changed necessarily. But could that, that be the issue? I mean, can we agree that the remedy for a lot of our situations is that if we could just get on the same page with God... On the same page with him, things would be so much better. And it may, may not change our circumstances at all, but it sure would change us, us in the midst of the circumstances. Can't you agree? I mean, the same page. I mean, what, what's going to happen here, Jonah? You're going to Nineveh. The Ninevites are going to repent through your ministry. And if God had, talking about having an opportunity to pick someone else and kill the guy he, guy he sent, he had an opportunity, didn't he? I mean, we wouldn't have slighted God at all if God just said, you know what, Jonah, go to heaven, pick another guy, send someone else. He doesn't do that. He doesn't give up on Jonah. This is the program we're in, Jonah. It's going to be you that does the program. You're going to go kicking and screaming. You're going to go through the belly of a fish. I don't care how we get you there, but you are going. This is how it's going to happen. And if they relent, repent, I'm going to relent. That's the program. That, Jonah's not changing that. 
What could have changed, though, was him. And, and what he's really like, or I should say, what this has brought out of him, and I would be willing to bet that Jonah's sitting in heaven now with us reading this book, really ashamed of himself. But uh, nobody here has acted like a big baby, right? None of you have ever been put in a place where you look back and just say, golly, gee, I hope nobody sees that. Well, don't put it on Facebook, let me tell you something, because it's gonna, they're going to see it. But uh, talk about having your, your dirty laundry aired here. You get your, that kind of story like, like Jonah has to be placed from, for posterity in, in the Bible, for crying out loud, goodness gracious. So, so he needs to get on the same page with God, does he not? And, and, uh, and Jonah would be saying, as we often do, God needs to come my way. Maybe not so many words, but our attitude is like that. And let me just say to this, to, to that, no, he does not. Not only he does not need to come your way, you don't want him to, believe, really, if you get a chance to really get over yourself. And, and additionally, he's not going to. Because here's what we all need to understand. God's got a page. We need to get on it. Amen? We need to get on his page. Life, nothing may change in life. God's still got a program. It's still going to happen. It's still going to go the way he says. But what will change is us. Same is true for Jonah. Same is true for us. Jonah's been digging his heels in this entire book. What has he gotten it? Nothing. Still going forward. Still going to be the way God says. And maybe what we ought to do as we're criticizing Jonah here is we ought to look a little bit over our own shoulder and see if there's not a, a pair of drag marks God has been dragging you up until this point. Like I said, could that be the problem? Is that what's going on? You and God are not on the same page. He's not coming your way, I'm telling you right now. You need to go toward his. See, Jonah had been living large in northern Israel. It's where he's from. Successful career. Uh, Sunday afternoon walks with his wife. I don't know. Northern Israel is a beautiful place, very similar to our Texas hill country, although a little bit better weather. Uh, gorgeous, like northern San Antonio or eastern Austin. I mean, high dollar, still is high dollar in Israel today. That part of the world, nice, nice rolling hills. That's where Jonah was from, and, and uh, he had it good. And Jonah says, yeah, and God had to come along and mess the whole thing up. And let me just say something. God didn't mess anything up. Jonah, he gave you a 40-day assignment to do something you've already been doing, which is a, that is your call. You are a prophet. And so he has come to you as a prophet that he's called and gifted and given you a prophecy assignment. Just 40 days. God didn't mess anything up. Your attitude, Jonah, is what messed stuff up. The, the collision, uh, the rebellion in your heart, the, the collision between God's love for people and your uh, prejudice against the same people. That is what messed stuff up. Not the assignment. None of that. It was Jonah's attitude, wasn't it? The fact that Jonah wasn't on the same page with God. That's the problem, you see. And we look down on John, Jonah today, and um, like I said, we're kind of making fun of him here in chapter 4, saying, come on, Jonah. I mean, really? Just, just do what he says. I don't know if any of you had siblings that got in trouble apart from you. Now, my brother and I are identical twins. We got in trouble together. 
There was never a circumstance about what I'm about to explain where he was in trouble and I was not, or vice versa. But maybe you had an older or younger brother, sister, whatever, and they were getting in trouble and you were sitting in the other room or maybe next to them and saying, come on, man, just do what they say. You're making it hard for all of us, right? Mom and dad are mad. Now they're going to be mad at me too. Just do what they say. We look at Jonah as our older brother. We say, come on, Jonah, just do what he says. Please just do it right. Quit being like that. Get over yourself. Come on, Jonah. We're going to give you a big pacifier and a diaper to wear if you don't quit this, right? Well, let's just reverse things. So Jonah's in heaven now, right? He's over all himself, and he knows the book, and he's not like that anymore, but he's looking down on our lives, and what would he say to you? Come on, man. Just do what he says. Get over yourself. Just do what's right. Quit being like that. I'm going to throw a pacifier down there for you. Quit acting like a big baby. Again, Jonah seems to never quite get the point. And so suffering continues. So getting on the same page with God doesn't, listen, fix everything. That shouldn't be your motive. It shouldn't be your objective. You shouldn't expect that in any way. Getting on the same page with God does not fix everything. It just fixes you. It just fixes you. And that's the real problem anyway. Isn't it true for Jonah? It's true for you. I mean, it, he could have used his, uh, eased his suffering by getting on the same page with God, but it wouldn't have changed his circumstances. It was still going to go the way it was going to go. He was still going to Nineveh. He was still going to preach. They were still going to repent. God still was going to relent. And the only thing that, could have, that he had control over was his own attitude and his response to God, right? Could have not rebelled, could have just done what he said. God didn't say love them necessarily, fall in love with these people, go up there and preach to them because I love them. And so I say that to say this, we shouldn't expect that our, our getting on the same page with God, it somehow gives us leverage to change stuff. And I say that to say that a lot of times our purpose in coming back to God is because we just want it to stop. Make it stop hurting God. Make it stop going bad, God. Make it, make, it, make it change, God. And so we're somehow going to come back to God, and that's uh, maybe not so many words in our head, but somehow that gives us leverage to make stuff change. And let me, just, let me just extinguish that notion from you. It may not change a single thing. And let me just say very carefully, it's not a reason to come back to God. Oh, it is a reason, it's just not a good one. Coming back to God, you come back to God because it's the right thing to do, Period doesn't have to change anything. You're just on the same page with God because that's where you need to be. And that really needs to be your attitude. You're still off into a Jonah fit if you're still hoping that stuff is going to change because you're going to get on the same. I'm going to get on the same page with God and then he's going to make everything right. Well, first of all, what, who told you that it was all wrong? It's just the, the wrong part of it is your attitude, really. And so that's the only thing you have power over. So deal with that. And, and we have to understand that a, a change in our circumstances isn't what's going to make us happy. That's just like a child, isn't it? If I just get what I want in the line at Walmart, right, I'm going to be happy. And right, mom may give it to you because you are making her miserable. But if mom really knows what she's doing, you're saying, you know, I was thinking about getting you something because you threw a fit. You're not going to get it. And by the way, that seems to work. Well, I, I remember that. I remember thinking that. 
I don't even know if, I don't even know, honey. We tried our best. We really did. So here, here, I want you to repeat after me. Now you ready? Uh, do you like it when preachers do that? I don't really like that because I don't like, unless you show me what you're going to say before you have me repeat after you, I really don't want to repeat after you. And if you're like that, that's okay. But, but if you're not like that, just repeat after me. You ready? I'm going to be happy. When I trust God and what he's doing and not when I get what I want. Ooh, that's some good words, isn't it? I'm going to be happy when I trust God and what he's doing and not when I get what I want. If you just get what you want, you're going to want it again, something else. You can go right back into the same tailspin that you were in before. No, happiness comes when we trust God and what he's doing, and then everything else can change and is going to, to be sure. But you're going to stay the same because God stays the same, and you trust him, and you trust what he's doing. And Jonah never really gets that through his head. The whole book ends with a question. Should I not have had compassion on these people? He says to Jonah, and there is no answer here. So we don't really know if his heart actually changed. Getting on the same page with God doesn't fix everything. It just fixes us. And then another thing, getting on the same page with God, let's, let's God be God in our lives. You want him to be that. Let's God be God. Notice Jonah's complaint here in verse 2. He says, please, Lord, was it not what I said when I was still in my own country? His original objection was, I'm, I'm afraid that you might forgive them, so I'm not going. And that's why I went to Tarshish, and like I said, he blames God for that whole trip. In order to forestall what I, I fled to Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious and compassionate. Notice he's upset with God for being gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. In most cases, the people that I know are upset with God because he seems to be too harsh. It's not the case here. Relenting concerning calamity he's upset with god he's like saying god you know I, from the very beginning i told you you have this little problem you're just too lenient you've got this i don't know how to break this to you god but you're just you go a little too far in the area of mercy i, I don't know how to tell you this you're just a little out of balance God and so he's angry at God for being a little too forgiving in his estimation and bottom line he's angry at God for just simply being God that's what he's doing that's what he's doing and if you've ever been angry with God I can almost promise you it's for the same reason you're angry at God because he's acting like himself he's doing what he does well I don't like what he does okay I'm not I'm, I won't comment on that. I'm just going to say you're angry at him for being who he is. Because who he is is who he is. When, when we get on the same page with him, though, we allow him to be in our lives who he is. And so here's the question. Can we really let him control our lives? That's the real issue. Back to the whole thing of when I trust him and what he's doing instead of getting what I want, how, how much happier I'm going to be. That's exactly right. If getting on the same page with him is trusting him, allowing him to be in control. That's what it means to be on the same page with God. God's in control and I trust him. Can, can we trust him that he knows what's best for us? That's what it means to be on the same page with God. Being on the same page with God lets God be God in our lives. And then a third thing, getting on the same page with God means we agree and participate in the process. 
we agree and participate with God in the process. So this little process that, that God has Jonah in reveals some stuff that we otherwise maybe wouldn't, maybe Jonah wouldn't have known about his own personal life. Like I said, he's a successful prophet. As far as we can tell, he's done great, great, done a great job serving Israel as a prophet of the Northern Kingdom. But, but what part of what was going on inside of Jonah is that he's a big baby in some cases and has a lot of prejudice. And he wouldn't have known that. Of course, God always knew that, right? But we wouldn't have known it. He wouldn't have known it apart from a 40-day assignment. And so part of God's got a lot of fish to fry, right? He's spinning a lot of plates. And don't worry about him. He's got those things handled. But, but there's a lot of stuff going on when God does things in our lives. It's not just about us. It's not just about those around us. There's a lot of things happening here. Same is true with Jonah. So yeah, he's rescuing uh, Nineveh, but he's also changing Jonah in this whole process, is he not? So there's a whole thing that's going on here. And so he begins to patiently work in the life of Jonah. You've heard the statement, God is more concerned about your character than he is your comfort. And you will find that if he's got to choose between the, either your comfort or your, your character, he's going to choose this one. Character. Character. Even though you've got to remove your comfort in order to get to your character, he's going to choose that. And that's what's happening here with Jonah. He's patiently working in a process to, to change Jonah. And God, notice, doesn't quit him. He keeps chipping away at Jonah's character. He doesn't stop. It's not like, okay, well, you get hard-headed enough, I'm just going to back off and leave you alone. No, not at all. He continues with these, as it says, appointments uh, for Jonah to improve his spiritual health. He uh, appoints, let's go over them. He appoints a storm in the first chapter. Then he appoints a fish also in the same chapter. Then in the third, fourth chapter, he appoints a vine and then he appoints a worm and then he appoints an east wind. Five appointments in the life of Jonah in order to do what? It, it has, has, well, I guess you can't say it does, has nothing to do with the mission of Nineveh because it does get him on the right track. But, but once the mission with Nineveh is, is over, he still has three more appointments he brings to his life. Why? Because God is not only concerned about Nineveh, he's concerned about Jonah. He's not just concerned, listen guys, about saving the souls of lost people, not just. He's also concerned about the saved souls of his own children and their character and the image that they portray of him since they carry his name. He's in, that, he's in the process of changing us, and that's what's going on with, with you and I. Or maybe I should ask that qu in a question. Is that what's going on? There's been some appointments in your life, and God's dredging up stuff that you didn't know or didn't want to know about yourself. Digging deeper into your character. Well, here, I have some advice for you. If that's where you find yourself. Here's what it is. Get on the same page with God agree with him about the process, and participate in it. God, I see that this process has brought up things in me that I don't like. And I know that you knew that they were there. I agree with you about this. And so I'm going to be working on this stuff. Now, that is an attitude that will, uh, not the same as Jonah's, let's just say that, far better. That will get you places. Like I said, it may not change your circumstances at all, but it will definitely definitely change you. So let's look at a, at, a, at a fourth thing. Getting on the same page with God helps us see that God is in the saving business. God saves three groups of people 
in this very short chapter, very short, short book, four chapters, three groups of people are saved. First group is in the first chapter, which is the sailors, remember? They throw Jonah overboard. So the, the waves are completely tearing up the boat. They throw Jonah overboard and the thing, the thing just goes flat. No wind, no waves. It's like the calming of the Sea of Galilee, but this is the Mediterranean. Boom, just like that. It says the sailor was so impressed that they, they repented, turned their lives over to God. So he saved them, even in Jonah's repentance. He still saves these guys. So he saves that group. And then, of course, in the preaching of, of Jonah, he saves Nineveh because they all repent. They believe God, not necessarily Jonah. They believe God. And, and they repent. And so, so he f- saves the first two groups by justification. He justifies them to himself, forgiving their sins and reconciling them to himself, right? And then he saves the last group. Who was in the last group? Jo- by himself, Jonah's in the last group. He's also saving Jonah, guys. It's not justification. Jonah's already a child of God. It's sanctification. Still salvation. Still a process. It's not like I justified to God by, by faith in his son, Jesus Christ. And then God just says, okay, see you later. Glad you're going to be in heaven. Let's move on to the next group to save them. Yeah, he will probably send you to that group, but more than likely, he's not more than likely guaranteed. He's working, continuing to save you as well. No more justification. You've got that. Once saved, always saved. But, but now sanctification that he's working in your life, saving you not to himself, God, but saving you from yourself. And Jonah needed to be saved from himself. Look at the way he's acting. Look at his attitude. Look at his prejudice. Wow. Talk about needing to be changed. He needed it. So the first, the first one, uh, the first groups he makes right with God are made right with God. The second group he makes, makes him look like he's right with God. Isn't that right? That's what sanctification is. So I'm, I'm saved today. I'm no different than I was yesterday, unsaved, as far as anybody can tell. So now God begins his sanctification process, changing me into the image of his son, which, by the way, is the will of all God's children. You want to know God's will for your life is to be conformed to the image of his son. This is a process that God has you in. Go with the process. Like I said, learn to agree with God or participate in it, in it because God is moving you that way. God saves you so you can be, first of all, with him. And then secondly, he saves you so that you can look like you're right with him. Isn't that right? He saves, he saves the first two groups so that they can be with him, and then he saves Jonah so that he can be like him. That's what he does. That's the process that he's got us in. God is in the saving business. When we get on the same page with God, we'll see that. And finally, how can we know that we're getting on the same page with God? And that's pretty simple. The way we know that we're getting on the same page with God is when we start to think like he does. We start to see things the way he does. Man, it's, it's amazing how off Jonah is. So verse, verse 9, and when God, he says, do you have a good reason to be angry about the plan? And Joseph says, a really good reason to be angry, even to death. Well, no, Jonah, you don't. Poor little thing. Jonah loves the plant. Jonah loves, God loves the people. See, that's how do you know? When you're thinking like God, when you're on the same page with God, is that you think like him. You feel the same things he does. And Jonah's far from that. Uh, Jonah loves himself, verse 11. Should I, but God questions, should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city? So, so, so Jonah loves himself. What does God love? He loves the people, you see. 
He loves the people. A lot of times the trouble we're having in our life because we just love ourselves so much. I just want it the way I want it. I want it the way I always thought it should be. You should be going with my agenda, God, and the way I think things ought to go. And so, yeah, you love yourself. You're going to have a Jonah problem in your life. God loves the people. God's interested in them. Yeah, he wants you to change, but he wants you to change so that you can affect the people. When we start loving the things that God loves and hating the things that he hates, that's when we're on the same page. That's when we're flying right. So are you thinking like him? I can assure you God wants you to. I can assure you that's his program for you. I'm going to ask you please to bow your heads and close your eyes as we think about and consider the things that God has said to us today. Where are you today? I said it's real easy for us to sit aloof and look at the story of Jonah with, with perfect perspective. And we say, man, that guy, he just really needed to get his act together. I mean, get over yourself, Jonah. Stop being like that. Do what God says, Jonah. And today, Jonah's sitting in heaven looking at our lives. Is he saying the same thing? Get over yourself. Do what God says. Stop being so stubborn. Start seeing it from God's perspective. God, I thank you that you work that kind of work in the life of Jonah. You didn't just care about the Ninevites. You didn't just care about rescuing people from their sins. You also cared about uh, rescuing a person from himself. And we need that, God. We thank you so much for the salvation that comes to us, that only salvation that comes through the blood of your son, Jesus, and that all who um, call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you, Lord. But thank you that you don't just leave us there with a salvation experience and really no other thing changed about us other than our relationship with you that you continue to work on us and, and move us in a direction that not only are we right with you, but we actually start looking like we're, we're right with you. So God, we just want to say today we agree with this process. We, we agree with being conformed to the image of your son, God. That's what's best for us. We, we're not agreeing, God, because it's going to change our circumstances. We're not agreeing because it's going to make the hurt go away. We're agreeing because it's just the right place for us. We just want to be on the same page with you, God. We're choosing today to be on the same page. Thank you, God, for speaking to us through this book. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptist.org.